She wasn't on the slide, but she is powerful. This is a powerful woman of God that when she gives words, Matt gives, uh, Matt and uh, Desiree are dear friends of ours. We met him a couple years ago um, and is just like long lost friend. You know, there's just, he'll, he'll, he'll explain a, a word he got maybe about how we met, but Desiree is extremely powerful woman of God. She is uh, just right alongside Matt and they are a powerful couple, but I, you didn't see her picture, but this is Desiree. On the, if you went to the website. And so we're excited to hear from her tonight also. So I want to bring her up. Matt and Desiree are from Vacaville, California at the Mission Church. You've heard us talk about the Mission Church. Um, they are, a, we really feel at home when we're there. We have had, they are a prophetic culture just like ours. Um, it's funny how I got introduced to Matt was Dano, some of you guys know. Um, I'm talking to Dano, he walks up to Matt and he had to go do something. He goes, hey Matt, give this guy a word. And he gave me the extremely profound prophetic word. I was going through a tough time at that moment. I've shared that with you, May of 17. And uh, it was one of those times where God just opened up my spirit to words of knowledge through Matt and through a man named Sean Bowles that uh, changed my life forever. What I love about Matt is he walks in such a powerful anointing but with so, such incredible humility. And I love humility when it comes to giftings. And he... Uh, He's relational, he's vulnerable, he's open. It's just, it really is. I've known him for two years. I felt like I've known him forever. So we really do love. So let's, let's stand in honor Matt Gonzalez. How y'all doing? So excited to be in the house. I'm going to bring this down. Is that all right? Because I walk around. Can you all see me? I got that. Thank you. Actually, you know, I met Joey. Uh, yeah, Daniel threw me, uh, threw me in the water and said, hey, Joey, Matt has something for you. <laughs> Pretty much. And it wasn't too long before that that I have a good friend who's a prophet. His name is Michael Dalton. And he gave us a word. He actually said, in the next couple of months, you're going to meet a man named Joey. And I, I'm sorry, Joseph. You're going to meet a man named Joseph. And his actual name is going to be Joseph. And this is the sign. He works in finances. And when he talks to you, he's actually going to talk to you as if you're a long lost friend. That was pretty specific right and there were some other details and lo and behold I meet this guy and if you know about Joey you know he just is so good relationally just connecting with people and so I was just like okay I understand that word now and it was you and I usually don't give people my prophetic words and I just say hey I got you gotta check this out and so I gave him this prophetic word and I think you still have it correct all right, come on. So, hey, a little bit about me. Me and my wife were born and raised in Stockton, California. Think about Stockton. If you've heard about Stockton, California, we were actually voted twice by Forbes magazine as the most miserable city in America. <laughs> and then we had the title of foreclosure capital of the world. And I like to tell people, hey, I'm born and raised in Stockton. Des is born and raised in Stockton. Do I look miserable? And so we were on a journey to change that, and then the Lord kind of changed our address about a little over a year to move to Vacaville, California. And I would, if we had time, I'd get into more into that, but God wants, God's doing a lot right now. So 
so part of my um, upbringing testimony, my dream was to be a professional baseball player. Uh, part of my dream actually came out of default because uh, my father, John Gonzalez, I always, when I was, uh, my mom knew Jesus, but my father didn't know Jesus. And so he was alcoholic, he was addicted to marijuana, and in order for me to feel loved by him, what he would do many times, he would come home from work and he would have to drink his 40 ounce of alcohol and he'd have to get high before he could have a relationship with us. And it seemed the only time I received attaboy, because I wanted an attaboy, right, is when I excelled in baseball. And so at a young age, I became good at baseball because my dad was a coach and I felt loved by him. And so it was a connection point. But along the way, I really loved baseball. And I wanted to be a professional uh, baseball player. I was heading towards that. I was a catcher. And they say uh, the two quickest ways to the major is to be a left-handed pitcher that throws 90 and above or a good hitting catcher. And so I was a good hitting catcher. And uh, I was going to get drafted by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Things didn't work out, knee injury. And uh, I'm a Giants fan, so that didn't work out too good. But I'm convinced of one thing. I'm convinced I became really good at hitting in baseball because I'm Mexican. You've, uh, I'll explain why. There's something that happens at every Mexican birthday party that is amazing. We have this thing called a piñata, right? And if you want to get the goods in the piñata, you better be good at swinging the stick, right? But part of a piñata is that we have rules at a Mexican birthday party, right? Because when you crack open the piñata, what happens, candy falls out, but it doesn't all come out until you actually bust that thing open. And so my good Caucasian friend named Billy didn't understand the rules of a Mexican birthday party concerning a piñata. So here we are in line, and there goes the first Snickers. And it was like in slow motion. There goes Billy running. I'm like, Billy, no! Go to say that Billy had a little accident, right? But I find something fascinating about piñatas. Because my mom would go to the Mexican store. You know it's a Mexican store when it's bright pink or bright green. If it's any other color, then it's not really a Mexican store. And so she would go to the Mexican store and get me a piñata. And all I wanted was an Incredible Hulk piñata. That's all I wanted. I, I grew up, I wanted the Incredible Hulk. Right? And so here she comes, puts the piñata up. I have my friends around me. And my friends are going, what is that? The Wizard of Oz witch? Because something happens at a Mexican store. They always have the knockoff versions of the real thing. So instead of looking like the Incredible Hulk, it looked like the witch from the Wizard of Oz. So I got made fun of, right? And growing up, my parents always took me to something called the flea market, okay? I wanted Nikes because early on, 
I had these things called pro wings. I don't know if anybody remember those. And they had Velcro, Velcro straps and they had a little, little pocket you put your lunch money in. But I got made fun of because those weren't in. Nikes were, right? I remember coming home sometimes, I, I, I cried. I really did. And my mom goes, what's, what's wrong, mule? And I was like, I, I need some Nikes. Oh, we'll get it there. We'll go to the flea market. The thing about getting Nikes at the flea market is they're never really the real version, right? They're not the real version, right? And so I remember getting a Jordan Air shirt, but Jordan was crooked. It was like he was doing a sidewards dunk, right? And so you get made more fun of. And so this was kind of my experience growing up. And I started thinking about this because we live in the day of phonies, fake news. Oh, y'all got quiet. Right? We live in a day where there's a lot of controversy going on. Fake phonies, fake news. And I thought about this. One thing that cannot be fake right now is your faith. Because right? people want to see the real thing. They don't want to see a knockoff version of your faith. And I like to put it this way. You know, the world's not looking for another definition of Christianity. They're looking for a demonstration of Christianity. And it's sad because many times people who get in front of the mic and in front of a camera and represent us usually are trying to get a definition of Christianity that is really wrong. I want to propose to you that you can give a definition, but it doesn't mean there'll be a demonstration. But when you give a demonstration, there's going to be a definition connected to that. Matter of fact, Paul put it this way. He said, I didn't come with precise words to you. I came in the demonstration of what? The power of God. Why? So that your faith would not be connected to me, but that your faith would be connected to God. See, if I have to woo you with my preaching, then I got to keep wooing you to stay. Right? If your beginning of faith is my preaching, then I got to keep stirring your faith every week. See, could I share something with you? That'd be all right. See, I really believe the season that we're in as a church in North America is that we're moving from experience to encounter. Let me propose to you why. Much of what we call encounter is just somebody else sharing their experience of their encounter. <laughs> okay, much of what we call encounter is somebody sharing their experience of their encounter, right? And so we go from conference to conference, not against conferences, just hear me, conference to conference, place to place, wanted to be stirred about somebody's experience of their personal encounter. And so what happens, it creates a culture of entertainment. Well, we have to be entertained because we haven't had personal encounter, and I want to propose to you, transformation will never come through experience, it only can come through an encounter. Because when you have a personal encounter, what begins to happen is everything you thought about God is now put at the forefront. See, Saul thought he knew God. Then he had an encounter that knocked him off his horse. 
and he found out, no, everything I knew suddenly got changed. Why? Because he had personal transformation take place because he had in the personal encounter. And we need that. And this house is one of those places that is an encounter house. Right? Because you're getting personally transformed through encounter. But I want to just share a couple of things tonight, if you guys would allow me. Uh, I like to propose to you that image is everything. You know, in uh, the early, late 80s, early 90s, Sprite came out with a commercial. They had Grant Hill part of this commercial. You guys remember that? And NBA All-Stars, they had uh, Grant Hill, and he was saying, he said this statement, Sprite said this statement, thirst is, image is nothing, thirst is everything. Obey your thirst. It was their tagline. And I think sometimes we, the church, have adopted that tagline. Now, I'm not saying that we don't get thirsty, but maybe getting other people thirsty about what we represent, or I'll put it this way. When we are flying in, usually when you're on your airplane, they give you these little snacks. Usually it's pretzels, right? Nice salty pretzels. What happens after you eat a salty snack? You get thirsty. Maybe the world doesn't want what we have because we're not salty enough. Because if we were truly salty, they would get thirsty. I would propose to you this too. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. God is so good, you guys. Oh, image is everything. And I'll tell you why I believe that. If you, when God speaks to you, when he talks to you, he doesn't speak to you the way you see yourself. When he speaks to you, he talks to you the way he created you. Let me give you this. If you're taking notes or whatever, if this is being recorded, I want to give you some things real quick, just some practical things that are really going to help. See, I believe the key for personal breakthrough is our personal identity. And I'm going to explain why. See, Many times how we see ourselves is not the way God sees us. Have you ever misinterpreted the image? I thought about this. Here's some, here's some images that could be easily misinterpreted. You guys have those slides? Back to school. I actually thought this was taken in Stockton because you take a knife to school. I mean, that could be interpreted kind of wrong. Here's another image. Two-hour parking, 7 to 8 p.m. I mean, that's confusing. Here's another image. We'll just leave that right there. I think that might have been from California. I'm sorry. How many know if you... If image is everything, you always project the image that you believe you are and carry.
So in saying this, <laughs> yeah, don't miss it. Come on. Oh, you're going to leave me down hanging. Okay. I'm just giving you a high five. Image is everything. And this is why I believe this. You ready? Every believer will discover two identities. Your last name and your first name. My name is Matthew Gonzalez. My last name connects me to my family, but it's my first name that defines me. Much of what we teach on identity in church always connects people to their last name. But the confidence that they need to transform the world is found in their first name. See, we all have a corporate name. We're all sons. We're all daughters. There are things in the scriptures that you'll find out about your identity that everybody's included in that. What you won't find out is how God created you personally. And it's in personal encounter that we're transformed by how he sees us. Because when God speaks to you, he doesn't speak to you the way you see yourself. He speaks to you the way he created you. That's why when you don't see yourself the way he sees you, we misinterpret our conversations with him. This has been a life journey. I'll tell you why it's been a life journey. Because many times, I don't know about you, I've misinterpreted my conversations with God. Has anybody been there? Right? Or you'll have a conversation with God and he goes silent. And then five years later, he picks up that conversation with you. Why? Many times it's because either fear was in the way or we were in an immature place and we're not ready for what he was about to say. And sometimes he can't speak to us. He gives us a dream. Why? I asked the Lord one time, why do I keep having dreams? He goes, because you've allowed fear to be the loudest voice in your life. And so the only time you're silent is when you're at sleep at night. So I have to give you a dream. <laughs> I was like, okay, Lord. It's like, wow, how did that happen? So with all that, God has given us an upgrade in how he sees us. And can I share this with you? Identity is not a destination. It's a journey. And if identity was a destination, then we would just find out who we are and that would all we need to know. But the word of God says we go from glory to glory. So our identity is we're constantly discovering who he says we are in our interactions with him. So to sit, because, you know, many times, oh, here's another identity message. I don't want to listen to that. The thing is, because I did that. I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, man, I know my identity. I don't, I, I don't need to know the Father's heart anymore. I don't need to know this. I don't, I'm just being honest. <laughs> Why do I need to do that? And then the Lord says, Okay, so you think you know who you are. Then why, when I put you in that moment, you let fear become the loudest voice? You know, when I put you in that boardroom the first time and you shut down, why did you shut down? Well, I, 
<laughs> You're like, ah, uh, uh, I, I don't know. Right? And I love how God trains us. Because when he speaks to us, he usually speaks asking us questions. Right? I mean, th- I, I thought about this. The ultimate failure would be Genesis, right? The ultimate sin, or what some people would call it. It's when Adam and Eve failed, right? And how did God come and approach them? He didn't say, you stupid kids, you messed up, now what's going to happen? He said, where are you? How many knew God knew where they were? He wanted them to understand where they were. You know what I love about family? And I feel it here. Is that family is the beginning of the foundation where we find identity. And when church is not a family, many times people within the church don't fully grasp their identity. Why? Because if church is an organization, then your identity becomes the mission. But if church is family, you get to step into an encounter of destiny where you begin to discover not just your last name, but your first name. I love that. And I'll tell you why. Whenever you separate kingdom from family, you no longer have kingdom. How do we know that? Well, if Jesus' message was the kingdom of heaven, and when he came down, what was the language he used to describe God? Do you know there was an exhaustive language? Hebrew language, he could have described God. Could have said Elohim. Could have said so many different words to describe who God is, but he chose Father. Why? Because kingdom separated from family is no longer kingdom. Matter of fact, those who wanted a kingdom rule actually wanted him to rule. Father, I thank you that fear goes now. I think it's within family that we feel like we can do anything. It's in family that we become fearless. And you could feel it in this house. That's why many of you guys are here. Some of you guys have tried many places, but you haven't felt family like you felt here. And when we come together, we learn our identity. See, if you were to step into heaven right now, you would not be known by your personality. But yet we have personality tests. You would be known by how God created you. Now here's something freeing. You ready for this? You ready? You sure? Nah, you guys haven't had your start. You all ready for this? This has... This is a game changer for me. When I naturally agree with who God says I am and not just 
carrying a prophetic word with me, but agree with it of who he says I am. I now become that. And when I become that, me just being me, the kingdom is released through my life more by accident than on purpose. I don't have to force anything. I just be me. But not me personality-wise, me according to who he says I am. Come on. Oh, come on. Because when I'm fully who he says I am. See, there's a lot of great books on destiny. But many of, the, many of them that I've read have left something so key out. One of the biggest keys that we see in scripture is that your destiny, oh, I'll say it this way, your identity is the key that opens the door to your destiny. Every time he would come to somebody in the Old Testament, one of the things he would do is he would change their name. Because unless I change your name and understand who you are, you won't step into what I've called you to do. Matter of fact, he comes to Jeremiah. He comes to Jeremiah and goes, hey, Jeremiah, you're a prophet. What does Jeremiah say? No, I'm a little kid. Paraphrasing, right? No, I'm not a prophet. No, he goes, you're a prophet. He goes, no, 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 no. Not a prophet, I'm a kid. Right? Because when you don't see yourself the way God sees you, you misinterpret your conversations. So he begins to, he begins to argue with God. Right? And then the Lord says, okay, I'm going to give you some identity training. What do you see? And what's he say? He goes, I see the rod of an almond tree. And what does the Lord say? You've seen while he pronounces the blessing. Why? Because if you knew the prophetic significance of an almond tree, an almond actually represents an eye. So what Jeremiah was saying to God, I see what you see. I finally see what you see. God could not trust him with the prophetic responsibility to speak into a nation until he can finally see what God sees. I like to put it this way. Your identity actually prepares you for the weight to carry your destiny. Oh, you guys are good. Come on, you ready for this? Oh, come on. I talk fast, I'm sorry. Let me give you this, and then we're going to begin to, to just... Watch what God begins to do. I mean, though, God didn't tell Gideon that when your family's finally convinced, then you'll step into your identity. Right? When your family finally sees what you see, Gideon, then that's when you'll step into your destiny. Many times we never find our identity because we're waiting for somebody else to approve it. And so we get in bondage. We're held in bondage to their opinion. We're in prison. We're kidnapped royalty. <laughs> oh man, you guys are you guys are amazing. 
See, what stops us many times is stepping into our destinies that we're waiting for others to see what we believe about ourselves. See, when God says you are something, you begin towards that. What happens many times is we begin to look at our insignificances, our insecurities, and our lack. See, one of the things that me and Des do, and I, I don't announce this, but I've been doing for many years websites, graphics, and branding for businesses. Basically, we do branding. What branding is, is helping the company align with their image they're projecting. But many times, companies don't actually project the image that lines up with their values. Right? And so they have to be rebranded so that their values lines up with the image they're projecting. And so we started doing prophetic consulting for business leaders. And I'm in rooms with people who have more degrees than the thermometer. And I'm here, barely graduated high school, did some Bible college. And if I didn't know my identity, I would look at my insecurities and what I'm lacking. But how many know what qualifies me isn't my education. Now, hear, hear what I'm saying. Education is not bad. But we did college ministry for years, and what happened, we would see people go from different, what happened, they start off in one arena, right? And well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study psychology. Oh, man, now I'm going I'm I'm to study business. And they keep going from place to place because we've, in our society, we see education as identity. Education is a tool to get you to your destiny, not to find your identity. And I believe there's going to be a reformation that is going to come to our education systems. Because much of it is still connected to performance. So... I am not against education. Hear what I'm not saying. What I am saying is that when you find out who you are, then you know what tools you need to get there. <laughs> oh, come on, come on, somebody. I'm going to start running around this building. <laughs> right? Here you have Gideon. I mean, I want to see this in heaven. I want to picture this in heaven. If there's someone we could see this, Gideon is pressing wheat in a wine press. If you know anything about pressing wheat, you had to do it on top of a hill under open, open space so that wind would come and separate the chaff from the wheat. Here you find Gideon pressing wheat in a wine press. That does not make sense. He's hiding in fear trying to do a job that he's not going to be very successful at. And how many of us many times in, our, in, in this world do the same thing? Fear has driven us and makes our job so much harder. And here, here, comes, here comes the word of the Lord to him. Gideon, mighty man of valor, champion, right? I used to like watching Mike Tyson back in the day because he was ruthless, he would intimidate people before he even came to the ring. 
If you, if you remember Michael Spinks, I mean, that was, uh, he, barely, he swung and missed and the guy fell out. But one of the things about champions, see, one of the things I used to do when we did campus ministry, and I would do, chapel, I would do a chapel service for the athletic teams. And one of the things that we begin to talk about is the heart of a champion. See, a world champion is defined by the championships they've won. How many of you guys are tired of seeing Tom Brady win the Super Bowl? <laughs> oh, the spirit just left. Oh, right? But what's going to probably define his legacy is the championships he won. And we define people here on earth champions by the championships they won. Now, here's Gideon. God's calling him a champion. Here's two things we know. Three things we know. He has a spirit of fear in him. He has not fought any battles. And the last thing, you ready for this? Chapters earlier, all the blacksmiths were actually killed. So in order to actually battle, he needed weapons, and his access to weapons were cut off. So talking about having the odds against you. And God says, no, you're a champion. Why? Because on earth, what you have defined you. But in heaven, you win championships and battles because God defines you. Your ability to succeed is connected to your identity. What you're willing to abide to will produce the fruit that will come out of you. And if we abide to fear, if we abide to education, if we abide to our family's opinion, what happened? That fruit comes out of us. So I'm standing in these boardrooms with people who have more degrees in the thermometer, and I'm thinking, what am I doing here, Lord? I'm just, I'm just, here, I'm going to do this. Let's change my heart. All right. Self-doubt comes. Who do you think you are? Do you know who they know? If you mess this up, you know what's going to be said about you? And all these thing after thing after thing after thing. Do you know that in high school, I would skip class in speech because I was afraid to speak in front of people? Got a D minus. God has a sense of humor because that's not what I do for pretty much a living now. And so, how many of you guys like testimonies? And then we're going to minister to some folks. So here I am. I'm over here. We're about to do a consult team in Berkeley, California. A guy I'd met named Samuel said, hey, I would love for some insight into our business. So me and Des, we drive there the night before, start getting butterflies. Come on, let's be honest. God, what are you going to say? What are you going to do? What do you want to say? And I've had to learn that joy and peace are the best place to live. Because if you're going to give kingdom advice, 
Scripture says that the kingdom of heaven is joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. I can break. Your identity will always be found in those three things. Your kingdom identity will always be found in joy, peace, or righteousness. And many times we don't discover our identity because we have the righteousness part wrong. That's a whole nother, we, we'll, 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 we'll hit that another time. So here I am, and I have to find that place of peace again because in peace and joy is where God reminds you who you are. So I find that place of peace and joy, and it goes, this is who you are. Remember who you are. Confidence starts welling up. You know what happens? He begins to speak to me. So I have a dream that night. I heard Arthur, and I, I wake up, and I, I guess in the middle of the night, I wake up, and Desi goes, you said God's going to bless art. So she was like, well, God's going to bless art. She thought I meant like art, painting, drawing. She didn't know what I meant. And so I guess I got up, said something, woke up in the morning. When I woke up in the morning, I heard a song. Now, I don't normally listen to hip hop, but I kept hearing a song playing. I'm like in and out of sleep. And I kept hearing the phrase, diamonds are forever. Diamonds are forever. And it was connected to this hip hop song. And so I'm thinking like, well, the TV's on. Maybe it's something on TV. When I, got, when I looked on the TV, the song's still playing, but the news is on, and that song is not playing anywhere in the room. And so I look up these lyrics, I Google these, Google these lyrics, and it says, Diamonds for the, the actual lyrics I was hearing was a Kanye West song called uh, Diamonds from Sierra Leone. And as soon as I saw those lyrics, the Lord said, Art is a diamond from Sierra Leone. I'm gonna restore what was taken from his family in the West. So I'm like, okay, I wrote that down. <laughs> Have no clue what, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just writing stuff down. I'm like, all right, God, you said it, so I, I agree with it. So we go into this meeting, we go into this business meeting, they rented out this uh, business facility, and we go in there, and there's two people there, Samuel, who I know, and this other guy, he goes, hey, how you doing? He reaches across the table, grabs my hand, he goes, hi, my name is Art. I literally, I started tearing up and about to cry, and I'm like, I cannot do this right here, Lord. I cannot do this right here. You need to help. So he's looking at me, and I go, you know what? I have something for you. And I begin to share what the Lord put in my heart for him. But at that moment, fear tried to come in. What if you're wrong? What if you're wrong? See, Many times we as Christians live on the wrong side of the if. We live on what if it's wrong, but I choose to live on what if it's right. See, the goal he gave me was never to get things right. He gave me the goal to love. And love never fails. So if I love right, then anything else is just icing on the cake. So it gives me confidence because I know I'm not going to fail if I love well. So I'm going I'm to love. And I go, hey, this is what I wrote down for you and your business. I said, God is going to bless art. I saw diamonds from Sierra Leone. And I felt like the Lord is actually going to begin to make your business fruitful in the West. And I shared a couple other things. And he looks at me like he's seen a ghost. 
He goes, me and my brother Samuel from Sierra Leone, we used to be diamond, we used to do diamond mining. And something was actually stolen from our family. And the last picture, uh, actually, I gave him a, I saw a picture, and he said, the last picture you, you shared was actually how it happened. I hugged my mom. It's the last time I see my mom. We came to the West and started this business. Hello, Jesus. Right? Can I tell you something? There's nothing special about me. I'm just like you. When we put people on a pedestal, we disconnect ourselves. See, in the early 40s, 50s, and 60s, we would teach gifts as if they were sovereign, which was actually not the biblical model. And so we would actually worship superstars who had a gift and disconnected from the body. But here's a question I have for you. Do you have the Holy Spirit? And what are the gifts? They're the gifts of the Spirit. So if you have the Spirit, do you have all the gifts? Yes or no? I mean, it's really simple, right? If you didn't have access to healing, then you would have to wait for, who's the person in our church that heals everybody? I got to call them up. Oh, man, I need a word of knowledge right now. I got to call, I got to call so-and-so, right? Now, you will access more quickly the gifts that you desire, because that's what scripture says, but you have access to every gift. Right? And know what's so amazing? Is that God is constantly doing things. My sister right here, how you doing? Uh, you, are, you are awesome, girl. What's your first name? Joy, oh. <laughs> wow. You're awesome, Joy. I wanted to encourage you. Could I encourage you? So I actually just felt like the Lord just wanted to encourage you right now because there is a new confidence that's coming on you where I actually saw the Lord taking you to uh, young ladies who feel insecure and have actually battled uh, eating disorders. And I saw you speaking into their lives to such an extent that you're going to pull out their identity and that they're going to walk away free. It's like God has given you a prophetic gift to see the best in people and pull out the gold in them, okay? And there's even, um, there, there, there's a gal who I see with blonde hair, and I feel like maybe you work with her, or there's something connected there. She's been battling depression, and I saw you actually speaking to her and depression falling off her, okay? So I just want to release that to you because you have the ability, a Ultimately, hey, your name's Joy. Come on. But there's something so specific about what you release. And you're going to help people feel secure. And there's a new confidence coming on you, girl. So I just bless you, Joy, and everything God has for you. Amen? Amen. Okay. I'm going to just share a couple of things. We're going to get into because I think we're almost, we're almost uh, out of time, correct? Okay. We good? All righty. So I want to uh, share a couple of things. Uh, I don't know. We're stepping out in faith. And uh, sometimes, you know what's funny? We were in a meeting, and I stepped out. I've been doing this since 1994, building that muscle, right? And I stepped out, and sometimes you step out, and no one you know, responds until after the meeting. Please don't be one. I'm just playing. Or you step out and you model taking risks. 
And there was a gal there who said, I can do that. Do what? Oh, I can do what you did. Try to take a step of faith even if I fail. I love that. Sometimes the best, the best, uh, wow, that is okay. Is there somebody here, uh, does Santa Cruz Street mean anything to somebody? Santa Cruz Street. I keep seeing Santa Cruz Street. Is there even a Santa Cruz Street here in San Antonio? Do you know a Santa Cruz Street? Yeah, would you stand up? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I actually saw a clock over you, and I saw the times changing. Okay? And I feel like you're in a season of transition. Okay? There's a transition that you're about to step into that time is changing over your life, and that acceleration is about to take place. There are things that you've actually been holding on to and you've been asking, Lord, when's this gonna happen? When's this gonna happen? When's this gonna happen? It's like like you felt like you've been waiting, 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 and now the ninth month has come. And what you're about to give birth to is actually not only for you, but it's for your family. I saw a tornado being released and the tornado tried to pull your house off its foundation. And I saw the Lord speak to the tornado. As he spoke to the tornado, it reversed. And instead of trying to take the house off its foundation, it became a funnel bringing heaven down to the foundation. And I saw heaven begin to evade your family because of the prayers that you've prayed. Can I tell you something? I'm assigned to you, and I'll tell you why. I'm the result of a praying mom. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a praying mom who prayed me into the kingdom and loved the hell out of me. I would come home from the club. I, w- I, was a cl- I used to club, club and drink. That was my thing. I'd come home from the club, four in the morning, cuss my mom out. You know what she did? She just loved me. She didn't force me to go to church. They try to stick Jesus. She just loved the hell out of me. And your prayers are doing more than you understand. So can I grab your hand? Would that be all right? That's all right. That's just the anointing. Father, I don't like going around prophesying books because I think everybody's prophesying that. But there is something that's going to be written about the testimony that's about to happen. And so, Father greater grace in this season, acceleration, and that time is going to work different for them. I bless you right now. Matter of fact, what God's going to do is going to be so sovereign. I need to step back. I'm going to ask you to place your right hand on your stomach. I'm going to count the three on the third time I count. I want you to take a deep breath because there's an impartation that's about to come on you. So get ready. One, two, three. There it is, Lord. Go ahead and just sit in that right there. Go ahead and sit in that. Just receive that. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord. Come on, God is so good. Y'all, he is so good. 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 good. Come on, come on, come on, come on. 
How you doing, girl? Yeah, you're, yes, you're awesome. What's your name? Oh, that's a beautiful name. That is such a beautiful, beautiful name. Can I encourage you? Um, I saw you stepping in to a, uh, it was actually a family blessing. And I don't know if it was a praying mom or praying grandma that you had. But some of the things you're about to step into is because those prayers have collected in heaven. Now the bowls are being poured out. I saw you in a, in a fork in a road trying to figure out what the next step is. Matter of fact, about three weeks ago, what you said out of frustration came to God's throne as a prayer. Okay? What you carry is for nations. And I actually saw you. I actually saw you traveling. Do you have a passport? Okay, get ready. Okay. God is going to give you strategies and blueprints. I actually saw you holding orphans because there's a love that God has put in your heart that can only come from you. And I saw the Lord speaking to you prophetically where even some laws and some things are going to be changed because of what you put your hand to. And I actually saw the multiplication of food, but it was also going to be connected also, it was also going to be connected to you getting strategies on how to, end, uh, how to end those who have no food. Matter of fact, I need to pray for your hands. Would that be all right? Father, I thank you that in these hands, there's a power for multiplication. Uh, there's some more education coming and training, okay? Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of that. But there's some more education and training coming because... Um, uh, it's almost like, um, now this isn't one of God's names, but it's almost like he's going to bring you in because he's Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> and he brings you into a place where neither your education or background could have got you there. But there's some more training coming. And that training is because God's going to connect you to some influencers. And you're going to begin to operate in the gift of prophecy, but you're going to begin to have prophetic dreams, Okay. You've had some, but nothing like what's about to happen, okay? And so, Father, we just say an increase of dreams. Dreams at night. You fought so hard for your family. Wow. Your siblings are going to come into their destiny because of what you fought for and what you prayed for. It's like you've carried this mother thing on you for them. Almost happened to be like a mama. And the Lord is partnering with you over the destiny of your siblings and your family. And so I bless you, girl. And I said, you will come into everything Papa has for you. In Jesus' name. You'll never know a day again of going without because Papa's going to connect you. He's given you vision. Now watch the provision come. In Jesus' name.
How you doing, sir? Oh, man, you're amazing. You really, really are amazing. Can I encourage you? Would that be all right? All right, come over here. Can I, can I pray for you? I normally don't do this, but I feel like I'm supposed to do this. So could I, uh, yeah, come up here. Here, can you hold this for me? How's that feel? Good. Good. Turn around. How's that feel? Awkward. <laughs> Get used to it. Your testimony is going to set many free. Two times you should have been dead, but God sent an angel on your behalf to spare your life. And that same angel has been assigned to you in this season to partner with you on a new grace because your testimony is going to set the captives free. Does that make sense? Okay. Just for those who are visitors here, I like to give some feedback. I, didn't have, I should have got some feedback. I like to get some feedback from you guys. But have we ever met? Never. Does this make sense to you? Yes. Can you share just a couple of details of how this makes sense to you? Yes. Uh, five people have had separate visions of me being in front of other people, giving my testimony. And um, this is people who don't even know each other or don't have much to do with each other. Someone's had a dream. Uh, somebody came as a, I'm a tattoo artist in a tattoo shop, and I give my testimony constantly. Uh, somebody actually got saved the night before last uh, due to part of a testimony. And um, just several other people have said I should, I'm going to be standing up here. And so can I pray for you? Yeah. Okay. Father, you said freely you receive, freely give. You remind me of our first worship leader named Eric Perales. And one of the things that Eric had was a grace to break off. Um, yeah, there it is. That's it. Wow. God is going to send you to those who are suicidal, but not only suicidal, what, what's uh, schizophrenic and multiple personalities. God has given you authority to begin to break things off people's minds where they won't race. And even people who lay their head on their bed at night and their mind won't stop racing, you're actually going to begin to have testimonies of people handing you their uh, medication that was assigned to to them for um, different uh, a mind. Um, I can't think of the word right now. My mind's uh, do, 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 do. yeah, psychiatric. Psych. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And so, Father, I thank you that the grace is coming on my brother. And I saw the Lord connecting you to some kind of health organization where it's like some fitness. It's like I saw you doing some fitness training with some people. It's almost like, almost like a cross training or something to that extent. It may not be like that, but something very similar. And I saw this whole uh, thing happening where you were going to disciple people. I even saw a group surrounding you. It's like you guys were just going to begin to do some working out some things. It's almost going to be like a discipleship where you're going to begin to raise them up to really make them healthy and whole. And so I just bless you in that. What's your first name? Matt. Matt. Oh. Hey, that's a great name. You know what that means, right? Yeah, gift of God. You are a gift of God to this world. And I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, man. Ha, ha. Come on, God. You're so good.
Oh, no, come on, y'all. He is so, so good. He is so good. He is so good. See, in this world, we say that's too good to be true when we see something that's really good. In the kingdom, it's good because it's true. Oh, come on. I wrote a couple of things down. Is there a Karen here? Karen? Multiple. Okay, so I wrote Karen with dark hair. So Karen with dark hair. Where at? Over here? Where? Someone's pointing over here? Where? Where? I can't. Everybody's pointing. Where? Stand up, please. You, are you? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Yes. See, I even, see, just so you know. So I wrote this down, and I heard the Lord say this. He's creating a new dwelling place for you. Okay? I actually saw a new dwelling place and a new place that you are actually, it's going to be like a, like a, a, a habitat that he's creating for you where you're going to begin to excel. It's like I saw the Lord connecting you even to a people group where you're going to feel like, man, this is family. And there's some things that the Lord is going to begin to do on your, do on your behalf. I actually, um, I saw your heart and I saw it broken into pieces. And I saw the Lord begin to take the pieces of your broken heart and begin to mend them again. And he was going to give you keys to begin to heal the brokenhearted. And specifically those who have been crushed by relationships that have gone sour. Okay? He was going to give you insight and wisdom for those who have been in some difficult situations during relationships where he was going to give you the ability to release the balm of Gilead, the healing balm of Gilead to soothe their hearts and connect them back to the Father. Does that make sense? So could I pray for you? Would that be all right? And so, uh, Father, I thank you for Karen. I thank you that this is, wow. Yep, there it is. There it is, Lord. Yep. We just say more, more, more. More, 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 more. You're going to know what it feels like to have peace. It's your destiny. You rock. You really do. And the world's going to be able to see Karen's best because you've been like a hidden secret. I actually saw... About 3 o'clock in the morning, there's been a spirit of fear that's come in and tried to harass you and kind of affect your sleep. That thing stops tonight. Okay? It's been a spirit of fear that's tried to come in, and it's actually been a battle over your destiny. Okay? This thing's going to stop. God's assigned some angels to you, yet you begin to go to your bed tonight. You're going to feel the peace of God. Okay? Torment's going to stop. Peace is going to begin to come. Okay, it's almost like the Lord wants to let you know. You also have First, first Corinthians chapter 12, uh, nine gifts for the spirit, gift of discernment strong on your life. So know that you feel things and you're not out of your mind, but many times you go into a place and you'll start feeling things that feel so overwhelming. The enemies try to get you to think it was you, but it wasn't you. It was actually a gift of discernment that you haven't had full training in yet. 
So God's going to begin to train you in the gift of discernment so that way you won't be overwhelmed. God wants to let you know that you're in his mind. You're not out of your mind. Okay? So I want to bless you right now. I bless you, and I bless everything that God has for you. Can I just pray over your, your head? Would that be right? Father, I say the battle stops. I say the battle stops, and I just release the peace of God that surpasses all understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, girl. Come on. Let's see. Come on, let's just thank him. He's awesome. Is there a, um, I kept seeing earlier when we were in our hotel, I kept seeing Gail. Is there a Gail here? Or does that mean something to somebody? Gail, the name Gail? Yes. Okay, could I give this to you? Because I feel like, so see if this makes sense. I wrote down that there's a new wind of refreshing that's going to bring healing to Gail. Okay, and I saw healing coming to her. So if that makes sense, let me know. If it doesn't make sense, don't worry about it. Could be for something else. Okay. Okay. Now, was there... Okay. Now, was there a move of God that took place at that camp years ago, like maybe in the early, um, no, late 60s maybe? Okay, because that was the word I saw, that there's a new refreshing wind that was actually connected to something like that. So let's just come in agreement. Father, we say... Um, Father, I just pray, I pray that your will be done on Gail's behalf in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, guys. He's so good. Now, I felt like there was somebody here. Uh, you have a calcium deficiency, and uh, the Lord is going to do something. Does that make sense to somebody? There's a calcium deficiency within your body. Does that make sense to anybody? A calcium deficiency that you know of. It's not like something... Going once, going twice. Yes. Oh, awesome. Could I pray for you? Would that be all right? Okay, now, how long have you had this? Is this just something recent you found out, or has it been a couple years? Okay. Well, we're going to pray for a Holy Ghost makeover, that the way you walked in will not be the way you walk out. Okay? Um, is, there a, a, is there one of the la uh, one of the women leaders here who believes in healing? Okay, go for it. Yeah, I figure. I'm just waiting. I just, okay, go ahead and lay hands on her. Father, and what's your first name, ma'am? Leanne. Oh, come on. Father, we thank you for Leanne. I thank you that you would stop the meeting to say, this is my daughter. I know what's going on. I created her. So that means I know how to fix what is not happening. So I declare, I speak to the calcium deficiency that's affected even your bones and just even, uh, even uh, fatigue and, and things that have been going on. I declare right now in the name of Jesus, that which you have been lacking, 
now comes into your body right now. I declare right now that the, the, the heat of his presence, the heat of his love, the fire of his love would come upon you right now on the count of three from the soles of your feet to the crown of your head. We just release it right now. Matter of fact, everybody just stretch your hands up there because we're going to partner together. We're family. Uh, the highest form of impartation in the kingdom is family. So, Father, we say right now we release this right now on the count of three. One, two, three. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. There it is. Yep, 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 yep. Wow. Wow, wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me just see one more thing. I said I felt something, and I just want to track it real quick if I'm all right. Would that be all right? You guys doing good? Doing good. Um, is there a campus you guys are part of right here? Okay, can I pray for you guys? Because there is a fire that's going to come to the campus that you guys are a part of. And um, so we saw, we saw a move of God on the campus. And uh, I just felt like I was supposed to give an impartation. So would you guys stand up and hold hands if you guys are from, what, what campus is it? <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Now, I want to encourage you guys. When I pray for you guys... I believe there's going to be an impartation where the Lord's going to begin to speak to you. I see the word of knowledge. I see specifically the gift of faith coming on you guys, that you guys were going to begin to see signs and wonders take place, where signs and wonders won't necessarily, you'll see signs and wonders through your hands, but God's going to make each one of you a sign and wonder to the campus, that your life would actually be a sign and a wonder. Okay? Now, my brother right here, how you doing? Hey, real quick, I saw numbers over you. There's a business gift on you uh, that is going to begin to function at a whole new level. Now, I don't know what you do. It doesn't mean you have to stop doing what you're doing. It just may mean that God will add a grace to that with you. But I saw numbers over you, and I saw the Lord begin to partner with you at numbers that you are going to have access and insight into the way numbers work that was going to benefit what you put your hand to. Okay, does that make sense to you at all? Okay, what do you do? Okay. Yeah, so, um, Father, we say right now that that grace and that gift that's on him would go to a whole new level, a whole new level, and we just say that faith gift is imparted to him right now from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And then just grab hands. Father, right now, we just impart. Matter of fact, Des, I'm going to hold his hand. Would you hold her hand? And we're just going to release this real quick. Father, uh, you're going to visit campuses. And there's a fire coming on these campuses. And, Father, we just say right now that same revival fire that we saw in Stockton, California, would come upon these ones right Yep, there it is, right now, would come upon them right now. We say, Father, campuses, campuses, campuses. Father, you said the future leaders of tomorrow are on these campuses. And Father, we ask right now that there would be something released upon these students, Father. There'd be a spirit of awakening, a spirit of awakening. We declare over Trinity that there'd be an awakening on that campus. There'd be an awakening on that campus and that, Father, students would be even awakened at night having God encounters, dreams, visions, Father. There is something that's going to come out of Trinity, and I'll, I'll give this to you. There's something that's going to come out of Trinity that's going to affect the way business is done in America. There are going to be, there are going to be things 
that will come out of Trinity. There'll be leaders of influence that'll be suddenly caught up in the Holy Spirit that will begin to shift things even in, in the area of business out of Trinity. And so, Father, we say you would grip their hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.